a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. When we worship, we have to understand it's more than just singing. Worship is not just lifting your hands, it's lending your hand to someone in need. Worship is not just closing your eyes, it's opening your eyes to a lost world that desperately needs the gospel. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that worship isn't so much an event, it's a lifestyle. It's allowing God to live through us. Worship is not just singing, worship is serving. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Worship is often underappreciated and misunderstood within the church. We know it's more than the songs we sing, it's more than the words and the prayers we pray. But what is it really? Well, today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie gives us a good appreciation for worship as God defines it. It's one of the few things we can do on both this side of eternity and the other side as well. And today we'll actually get a fascinating glimpse of the other side as seen through the eyes of Daniel. Well, we're going to grab our Bibles now. You've already done that. We're in Daniel chapter 7. The title of the message is God, the Future, and You. Daniel is now placed in what we might describe as a spiritual time machine. He was shown what was coming to the world. He sees the history of the world from his day to the last days. From Babylon, the kingdom he was in at this moment, to the reign of the Antichrist, which will be the final kingdom on this planet. So Daniel saw the future, then Daniel saw God. Look at verse nine. I beheld till the thrones are cast down, and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels burning fire, and a fiery stream issued and came forth before him, and thousands and thousands ministered to him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him, and the judgment was set, and the books were open. Now, this is an awe-inspiring glimpse into heaven itself. Here is God represented as the Ancient of Days, Uh, Ancient of Days emphasizes his eternal nature. God has neither beginning nor end. And this physical description of God is not literal but symbolic because he doesn't wear clothes or have white hair. But it speaks of his holiness and purity. The fire speaks of judgment against sin and the wheels symbolize the continuous working of God in this world in ways that we cannot understand. This is a powerful holy, righteous God that we're getting a glimpse of. And you know, I, I think there's so much worship today. I love worship, like a whole, 
a whole kind of uh, culture of worship has developed. And I had the privilege of actually being around when what we call contemporary worship was born. It happened during the Jesus movement. I mean, nowadays when we go to church, we don't find ourselves surprised that we see guitar amps and drum kits and lights and all the other stuff that we use. But back in the day, uh, you would never see those things in a church. You'd see an organ and a piano. And if they were on the cutting edge, an acoustic guitar, right? But then as the Lord intervened among a whole generation of young people who are now pretty old people, uh, <laughs> and I'm one of them, uh, the Jesus movement, you started seeing electric guitars in church and, and fresh new choruses being written. And now even more so, you have all these wonderful worship bands and worship leaders. And I think some of the best worship the church has ever had has been written in the last 20 years maybe. Incredible. So we're thankful for that for sure. But I think that uh, one thing we must never lose sight of is when we worship, we have to understand it's more than just singing. Worship is more than just praying. It's more than just closing your eyes. Worship is not just lifting your hands. It's lending your hand to someone in need. Worship is not just closing your eyes. It's opening your eyes to a lost world that desperately needs the gospel. The problem with worship and singing is, is we say, well, this is our worship time. But worship is practical. Worship happens before church. Worship happens after church. Listen, worship is not just singing. Worship is serving. In Romans chapter 12, the apostle Paul writes and he says, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies to the Lord as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. Listen, which is your reasonable service or your spiritual service of worship. And then he goes on to say, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But Paul's basically saying, hey, worship isn't just singing. Worship isn't just praying. Worship is giving your life to the Lord each and every day. It's giving your mind to the Lord, your heart to the Lord, your thoughts to the Lord. Listen, worship is Bible study. This is a form of worship right now. How am I gonna be transformed by the renewing of my mind without the word of God? So this too is worship. Worship is giving in the offering. I don't hear any amens, why? What's going on? Uh, what? Yeah. Giving in the offering. I saw a bumper sticker a while back that said, tithe if you love Jesus, anybody can honk, right? So <laughs> now we get all excited. Well, you know, it's the practical things. Worship is being a good and godly husband and father for your family. <laughs> Worship is being a nurturing and loving wife and mother. Worship is being a single person that lives a pure life until the Lord brings that right person to them. Worship is working hard with honesty and integrity. It's all of these things. These are all acts of worship. And in fact, if we are not worshiping from the right heart, uh, the Lord even says, I don't want to hear your music anymore. Over in Amos 5.23, the Lord says, Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. I want justice to flow like a river. 
God would at one point say, stop already. I don't want to hear any more of your songs if you're not doing these other things. That's why Jesus said, God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today, we're in Daniel chapter 7 as Pastor Greg brings us a message called God, the Future, and You. Let's continue. Now Jesus makes an Old Testament appearance. Did you know Jesus is in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament? Not by name, but Jesus being eternal, Jesus being part of the Godhead, part of the Trinity, like the Father has always been and always will be. And now he makes an Old Testament appearance right here in Daniel 7, verse 13. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority and glory and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an ever lasting kingdom that will never be destroyed. You know, it's uh, the phrase son of man was used often by Jesus 82 times in the Gospels. Jesus said, you know, birds have nests, foxes have holes, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So this is Jesus, the son of man, making this appearance. So Daniel saw the future, then he saw God, and finally he saw himself He saw himself, look at verse 15. I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit, and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me, and I approached one of those standing there, that would be an angel, and asked him the meaning of all this, and he told me the interpretation of those things. So here's the interpretation. The four great beasts are four kings that will rise from the earth, but the holy people of the Most High will receive and possess it forever, yes, forever and ever. Daniel's freaking out a little bit. He doesn't know what this all means. So an angel says, okay, here's the bottom line. Here's what's gonna happen. These four kingdoms are gonna come, but God's gonna have the last word. So don't worry. Don't be agitated. Everything is gonna be just fine. But here's the deal. Daniel was moved by his study of Bible prophecy, and we should be too. Studying end times events should not be merely an intellectual exercise or some kind of hobby horse. If I really believe these things that I'm reading, it should concern me. If I really believe what the Bible says about a coming world leader called the Antichrist and a time coming upon the earth called the Great Tribulation, that should alarm me because I don't want anyone that I know to have to go through that. If I really believe what the Bible tells me about future judgment and the reality of hell, that should concern me because I don't want anyone that I know to spend eternity separated from God. So Daniel was troubled by all of this and he was concerned by all of this. And we should be concerned too because again, studying these things reminds us there's an afterlife. And not only is there an afterlife, but there's coming a day when even you as a Christian will give an account of your life before God. Look at Daniel 7.10. Judgment was set and the books were open. It appears there are books in heaven. Are these literal books? I don't know. Maybe. But I think the bigger issue here is there appears to be certain documentation 
of everything ever done by anyone on earth. You know, we have all of our information in the cloud and it can be hacked and all that. Well, God's database cannot be hacked. It's secure, but it's all there. So what are these books in heaven? Let me just identify a couple and we'll close. One of those books is a record of every faithful deed done by God's people. We're told over in Galatians 6, 9, let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, do good to everyone, especially those of the family of faith. So listen, everything you've done, God takes notice. And all of you that serve here at Harvest, thank you and God bless you. You don't get the thanks you deserve. Maybe you haven't gotten that pat on the back or that attaboy, but the Lord is watching. The Lord is keeping a record and He's gonna reward you for every sacrificial act, every gift, everything you did, every cup of cold water that you offered in the name of Jesus. And there's another book in heaven and it's a book where God records your sorrows. Psalm 56, eight says you keep track of all my sorrow. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. You know, many people suffer in life and we don't know the extent of their suffering. Uh, maybe they suffer with an illness. Maybe they suffer with a disability. Maybe they suffer because a loved one of theirs died. You know, when you lose a loved one, people will gather around you and they'll offer their condolences and they'll bring you meals and, and they'll write you nice cards and say a lot. And then after a little bit of time passes, people won't bring it up anymore. And I think the reason they don't want to bring it up is because they don't want to make you sad by causing you to remember your loved one who has died. But what they don't realize is you're always thinking about your loved one who has died. Right? If you've lost someone, you know what I'm talking about right now. You're always thinking about it. And what you don't want to have happen is for your loved one to be forgotten. But listen, I have good news for you. Even if people forget, God doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. Every tear is in his bottle. Every day of sorrow, it's written in his book. Listen to me now. One day God's gonna make it up to you. And whatever you've lost, he's gonna give you something greater in its place and you'll understand why this happened to you. But until that day, just be reassured, it's all in the book and it's all gonna be good. One last book I wanna talk about. There's many other books I could mention, but uh, we don't have time. The Book of Life. That's the most important book of all. And that is a book that you want your name written in. And by the way, I know that my name is written in the Book of Life. You might say, that's pretty arrogant of you, Greg, isn't it? Not really. Because I know when I believed in Jesus, my name was put in that book. Now, I don't know if my name was already there because the Father knew I would believe in Jesus or if it was written the day I believed in Jesus. I don't think it matters. I just know it's there and I know when no one is ever gonna blot my name out of that book. I know my name is there to stay. And yours is too. So I wanna leave you with this thought today. You might be going through some hardships, some trials, some difficulties, but just remember this. Your name is written in the book of life. That's a big picture right there. It's written there. 
One day the disciples came to Jesus. They were all excited. Lord, we cast out demons. It's so cool. I'm paraphrasing. And Jesus said, guys, get a grip. Still paraphrasing. <laughs> rejoice because your name is written in the book of life. See, that's what you should rejoice over. But let me ask you in closing. Is your name in the book? You say, well, how do you get it there? By believing in Jesus. By admitting you're a sinner. By turning from your sin and realizing that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross for your sin and paid the price for every wrong you've ever done, every sin you've ever committed, and He will forgive you of that sin and put your name in His book so you can know you'll go to heaven when you die if you will believe in Him. Have you done that yet? Have you asked Christ to come into your life to be your Savior and your Lord? Do you know your name is in the book? If you don't know that, let's get that resolved right here, right now. So in a moment we're gonna pray. And I'm going to extend an invitation to any of you here, any of you listening, wherever you are. And if you do not have Christ living in you, if you're not sure your name is written in the book, respond to this invitation now. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word to us today. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. And now I pray for everyone, wherever they may be, help them to see their need for you and help them to believe in Jesus so they can have their name written in the book. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. An important closing prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord and ensure your name's written in the book, Pastor Greg would like to help you with that right now. I would like to just pray a prayer, and I would ask you to pray it after me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture, God Almighty has heard your prayer, and He will answer this prayer. You are now a newly minted child of God, so congratulations. You've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. I want to send you a special gift because of that prayer you've just prayed. It's called the New Believers Growth Packet. And in it is a copy of the New Testament in a very understandable translation called the New Living Translation. It also is filled with hundreds of notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this commitment you've made to follow Christ. And there's some other outstanding materials in this little packet I'll send you as well. So order your copy today and let me be the first to say to you, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. And to get that New Believers Growth Packet, just get in touch and we'll be glad to send it right out. Just call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. 
Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg continues with his insights from the series End of Days. We take a look at the Antichrist and the role America plays in the events of the last days. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called God, the Future and You. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.